Welcome into the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. Not necessarily an emergency edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast because we're about uh, 18 hours late on doing it if it's an emergency edition, but uh, a reaction to Iowa State's latest transfer edition of Isaiah Brockington, the guard from Penn State. Averaged about 13 points and five rebounds per game last season. Fills out Iowa State's final scholarship for the 2021-22 season. C-Dub, uh, it's been a, a wild and crazy offseason for TJ Otzelberger ever since he was hired. And um, I think it's hard, you know, especially after this last pickup that they've made, it's hard to sit here and feel like it wasn't a massive success. And when you consider the fact that the program went 0-19 in the Big 12 uh, just a few months ago. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I was kind of going through – the roster last night after the Isaiah Brockington news hit. And I was kind of playing out like best case scenario, most likely scenario, worst case scenario. And I mean, like really with the roster and the experience, it's not an overly like talented roster. You don't look at this roster and be like, Oh man, it's loaded with NBA guys, but it's guys who are, they've added proven commodities. You know, to sprinkle in there, like the Kausher and the Brockington are both guys, you know, can play at this level. Um, even some of the guys who have been at Iowa, like Blake Henson, you know, can play at this level. George Condit has been up and down, but I know he can play at this level. Right. And now you're sprinkling in um, Tristan and Aruna where, you know, he's been at this level. Um, now can he take the step Tyrese Hunter is really, um, a wild card, but <clears throat> as we just saw, you know, a top 50 player in the country, uh, from two, four, seven. So like the worst case scenario I can drum up right now is if like the team doesn't gel, but I still think that they have enough weapons to get to four or five wins in the league after going. Oh, and 18 a year ago, best case scenario, this all comes together the big 12 is weaker and they could be a bubble team type of team like that. I think most likely you'll see Iowa state, um, you know, I, I, if you can grind and try and, you know, get to that like seven and 11 mark in the big 12 and right. And be an NIT team. I mean, you can take a lot from that because really you're building this thing, Jared, for 2022, 23 when Lipsy and King and, um, and, and that's where the, the upper echelon talent starts to come in and, but you're going to have guys like Brockington and um, Kalsher who, who get two years, right. Who are going to be there uh, as like culture type guys. I hate using that. I feel like it's so overused, but it's very real in this sense. TJ wanted to get the roster older with proven veteran guys. He's done that. Um, so it'll be fun. Do you, what do you think, Jared? Do you agree with how I laid that out as far as like best and worst case scenarios? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that this team's floor is higher than what last year's was. Obviously, uh, I well, I ceiling is considerably higher as well, which makes it to where I think that the yeah. most likely scenario is one where they finish either right at 500, just a little bit below 500 in the league, and you're an NIT team, or at least like you're a postseason team. I feel like that's the most likely scenario for this roster. Because they've got guys that like have, for the most part, have won games, you know, like that have been part of teams that have won games. Penn State's been a good team out while Isaiah Brockington's been there. 
I got a, I got a, call. Been a good team while Gabe Kalsher has been there. Yeah. I got a call from a guy who I know covers the big 10 today about how impressed he is with the Brockington get. He, he told me this is a smart basketball guy. He goes, I think that's the best get that they, they had, which whatever video that Penn, that Penn state had put out that was in the release that Iowa state did today. The one with all of his like passes and stuff. No, with his dunks. Oh no, I didn't see that. I mean, it was like a 45 second highlight reel of him dunking, uh, kid attacks the rim with ferocity. I can appreciate that. Like he isn't going to come in and be a rim last year. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I was watching him. I was like, man, we haven't seen anybody in a couple of years that goes to the rack like this. Like as good as Tyrese Hunter, or Tyrese Hunter Halliburton was, man, that is going to be a pain in the ass to not say Tyrese Hunter or Tyrese <laughs> Halliburton. But uh, as good as he was, you never saw him like going in there like, man, I'm going to kill this rim is it when I get to it. You know, how many times do we see Rasir Bolton try and go up and dunk on somebody uh, in a situation where it was ill-advised? Like this is a guy who legitimately can go in and dunk on people. And that's, I think, going to be fun to see. But it's just, I feel like this team fits together well. And you see where they've got guys at every position that are going to have the length. They're going to have the versatility to play multiple positions. And, you know, I don't know that they're going to be overly prolific offensively. But I think that they've got the tools to be good enough defensively that you can make up for some of those things on the offensive end. I One thing I wanted to ask you, so you, you know, you kind of called Tyrese Hunter a wild card and I understand why, but I feel like we've learned like that the scouting at the high school level has gotten so good that yeah. those guys who are t- like, are a top 50 player, you know, are a top 100 player. Like generally you can feel like that's a pretty known commodity. I feel like at this point, like how often do those do like they epically miss on those people, unless it's someone who goes like Kentucky and they just end up not really playing because they're buried on the well, deck. That's funny. Cause I was going to use um, Cameron Fletcher and Tristan and Aruna. Yeah. Top 75. But the, the, the reason I said wild card, maybe it's not right. It's just because of his point, the point guard thing. Yeah. And that's fair. I, and right. I said, I, I get where you're coming from, but I feel like he those was, guys for the most part are known commodities now at this. If point. he was, yeah, no, I agree with you. If he was off the ball, I would probably not have used that language, but my point is there's just going to be a lot of, a lot put on him, but by design, like that's what he wanted when he came here. Yeah. That's what TJ wants. I like the Brockington thing though, because I think that can take some pressure off of him in that sense. I mean, Brockington's a little bit like I would use the Roger Bolton thing. Like Bolton would have been really good playing like 10 minutes a game point guard. We didn't need Bolton playing, you know, 37 minutes a game point guard. Cause right. that really wasn't his position. So I don't know. I've, I've just talked enough basketball with TJ to know that he, the v- versatility thing and how important that is for him. So I, I, even if Tyrese, you know, I mean, I, struggle a little bit at first. I mean, when you move into that, um, I I think that that it's just a point guard thing is the reason I use that language, man. Two things that are something that I think will be really good for him is that, well, for one, we just don't know, like nobody has their spot. I guess Tyrese Hunter is probably the one that's closest to it's like that guy shows up on campus and you know that he will probably be the starting point guard, but otherwise it's like, everything's kind of up in the air. So I can see where during the summer, you know, during opening practice in the fall, 
like TJ is having it where Gabe Kalsher is guarding Tyrese Hunter every day. Isaiah Brockington is guarding Tyrese Hunter every day. And their job is to make it hell for Tyrese Hunter to do anything like grab him, beat up on this kid, make him find out what it's like to, to play at the power five level. The, the Monte the, Morris, DeAndre Kane thing. Right. And those two guys, especially Kalsher, who, I mean, has been regarded as one of the best perimeter defenders, defenders in the big 10 for several years. Like that's a guy who's going to challenge a kid in practice every single day. Like you're not coming in and all of a sudden, you know, no offense to Eric Steyer or Nate Schuster, but like, you're not a point guard that's getting guarded by Eric Steyer and Nate Schuster every day. And you that's how you're being challenged in practice. You know, like you've got guys who are legitimate high level defenders that are trying to make things difficult for you. And I think that will be really good for his development, you know, when they're playing pickup in the summer and when they're doing things like that, just for him to be able to, to make strides forward. And no, I mean, I, I think that kid is going to be, be really, really good, but it's the same thing that we've talked about with the guys down low. That's why you bring in a Robert Jones to make Xavier Foster and George Condit's life more difficult. That's why you bring in an Al Jazz Koontz to make their lives more difficult, you know? And like, you don't actually want their lives to be more and more difficult, but like day to day in practice, it makes life harder. And then when you get into the games and you're going against people, like life might be a little bit easier than it normally would be. You you mentioned Al Jazz. I, I kind of feel like that's a guy who, you know, he was the first one to commit I think he was easily forgotten about. I, I I think he'll have a pretty big impact next year. I, I could see him just because of the versatility in which he brings. Like he's a six eleven guy who could realistically play the three through the five. He's six eleven. I didn't yeah. think he was that big. Oh, maybe not. Let me hold on. I don't want to miss Al Jazz. I mean, maybe you're right. I thought he was six eleven. I'm almost positive he's six foot eleven. Give me a second here. This is uh, how we roll on this. Oh, he's six eight. Excuse me. I was going to say, holy crap! Call. Like that. My bad. I'm glad you uh, corrected that. Okay. Uh, uh, regardless, <laughs> six eight. Whatever. Yeah. No, still a big guy, but yeah. He, that... shoot, um, he can play the three through the five. I think that um, he's going to fit in really well with the way that they want to eventually run things. And I also think it's important to point out, I mean, when you look at the makeup of this team compared to like what the scholarship chart looks like in a couple of years, it's considerably different. Um, I don't think this team's going to be running out and playing hoy ball. No, no, they're going to have to do more of the blue collar type deal at the very least for a year. And, and then we'll see. But the, I mean, there's really not like a, I mean, maybe grill turns into it, but you look at the roster and there's not like a Matt Thomas, right. Where you're like, Oh, or he's a sniper or a Naz or you, you just don't see that with this roster. So it'll be interesting to see how they play as far as speed goes. Um, if you listen to the podcast I did with TJ a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that, how you have to be able to kind of maneuver to your roster in terms of, you know, what the makeup of it is. Um, this to me looks like a roster that they deliberately put together to be able to compete in year one, really looking to be able to peak and um, probably peak in year three, which is always the goal, but year two, like I, that should be a team that's battling for the NCAA tournament. Right. Right. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, I think year two, definitely like you can get into that position, man. I just, I'm excited to see them where they've got some guys like you've got, they're going to have four guys, not four guys, five guys who are between six, eight and seven feet tall. They all bring something a little bit different to the table and they're all like competent. You know, like when's the last time that they had that much wealth in the front? It's been a while. Jaden Walker, even. Yeah. He's still a six foot five guard coming off the bench. Um, it's, it's a much, I forgot about Blake Henson, Blake Henson, six, seven. Yeah. It's a much, much, much longer roster. Um, even Javen Johnson at six, six, like if you, I don't know where he fits in, but. I mean, you're, you're looking at it now, Trey at six, one Tyrese Hunter at six, one, you know, where those guys are at. And then the smallest guy on the team is grill at six foot three. Yeah. It's like, a. this is like, a uh, a Fran McCaffrey, wet dream <laughs> where everyone is six, six. I don't know what that means. Long arms. <laughs> they all can kind of do something a little bit different, but like, does anybody do anything that unbelievably well? Sorry. That was probably mean. That was like no. a, that was like a Mike Williams tweet right there. Man, don't even bring, don't, don't bring more attention to that. than needs to. I retweeted him from the cyclone fanatic account yesterday. Saw. Yeah, I saw he's, he's loving this. Uh, he's loving this attention. Anyways, uh, the Brockington deal though, like last thing for me on it, Jared is, you know, it was kind of like Cameron Fletcher bust a, like a week ago, it seemed like, or two weeks ago. Cause we really hadn't heard anything that in, in my opinion, this is a much better fit with this roster. Yeah. Than what Fletcher would have been. I mean, Fletcher had a higher ceiling. We all know that, but Brockington just, he fits in perfectly. I mean, maybe the only thing that could have been better is like get a dead eye shooter in there. But I actually think Brockington with the point guard type stuff that he could bring in the getting to the rim and all that, like for this type of team and how they're going to have to play, this is a better fit than Cameron Fletcher would have been. Fletcher was also much more of a wild card. Yeah. I think like you like, can bring him in and he may in not even waste, you know, Brockington, he's going to start. Yeah. Yeah. Like Fletcher was a guy that I think even, you know, from what we heard personality wise, like you is a wild card a little bit more than what you would probably like to have with this group. So no, I think it's big time, man. I think it's gonna be really good and we'll see how it works out, but it's uh, the vibes are considerably better than what they were in early March for this team. I mean, I just think the uh, we need to reiterate again, the roster is done for 2021-22. Like they don't have any more spots, can't go get any more guys. This is these are the dudes that they're going to be rolling with even if anybody else enters the portal unless something crazy unforeseen happens. Correct? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, which is another benefit in its uh, in its own right. Um this staff is so far ahead recruiting wise having those two guys King and Lipsy locked up for next year. And with the roster, the way it is, just want to clarify that Brockington and Kalsher both have two years uh, for anybody who's out there and doesn't understand that. Now we're back into the, they're over for next year conversation. Yeah. Again. And we'll see how that plays out. <laughs> I mean, nobody, again? Yeah. Nobody knows how that's going to work, 
But yeah. you see my point though, like they're, they're ahead and can do some other things. You can start working on 23. You can start, you know, what do you want to use that time with development? Right. Like there's a lot of benefit in that. And I, I do think that if I were to write a book about the Steve Promero, like that's where they got hurt the most is they were going so deep into the summer. It seemed like every year having to fill out that roster and it really, um, it really made things tough as far as the continuity and all that stuff goes in this scenario, everybody will be on campus in June working out together. Um, right. And you don't have to, well, you know, at what point did they get Bolton that year? You know what I'm saying? Like it was super late. Um, and a lot of that was dictated by things that they couldn't really control because guys going to the NBA and stuff like that, which whatever, but I, it's, I think it's difficult for a casual fan to realize how important it's going to be just to have all these guys together, you know, June one or whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can remember times where it was like, I think when they got Zoran Tally, it was like late June, you know, like I forgot about that guy. I remember waiting for severe Wheeler to announce his commitment. And it was like the first week in July, like, yeah. it, like those kinds of things are just so, because then you are banking on a person and then you don't get them. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now what the hell do we do? Cause you there's know? nobody else out there. Right. And that's how you end up reaching on, you know, Jeff Beverly and people like that. Like it just is, it puts you in such a bind, but no, like to be done, be good. And like, know what you're going to be rocking with. I mean, I would imagine is this, this is finals week, I think, right. At Iowa state. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, these kids, I'm some of these guys I imagine will be getting here in the next two to three weeks. I know that George Condit is staying in Ames uh, until he leaves to play for the, to go to Puerto Rican national team camp or whatever it is. Uh, and I think a lot of those other guys are probably going to stick around Xavier Foster sticking around the entire summer. Like they're going to get right to work and get right at after it here to uh, start taking steps forward for, for next year and getting things going as good as they can. So you got anything else to add here before we sign off? No, no, it's um, it's all really good stuff right now. And yeah, on the timeline thing, like I never envisioned they would have been done in May. I thought that this thing would go into June at the very least. I think that we probably just got used to it lasting that long. Yeah. But just with the amount of spots, you know, like the, they really did a good job of hitting on the guys that they targeted. I do know that that's the one thing TJ will take a lot of pride in. He's not a guy who wants, who likes wasting time with, if he doesn't have a contact or yeah, uh, we talk so much about relationships when it comes to recruiting. And that that's the one aspect where I think this staff will really thrive. Now, will they develop them and win when they get here is another thing, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised how early they got done with the amount of quality that they were able to bring in. That's it. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys again soon here on the cyclone fanatic podcast network. Peace.